Jesse, were you nerding out like I was when the rover landed on Mars? Did you watch yeah. it? Yeah. I had my other TV set up. Yeah. The one I used for my school. Okay. And I had that on instead of school stuff all day. <laughs> it was so cool. It was great. Yeah. That day I followed so many things on Twitter that I never, you know, yeah. did before. And I'm still, they're not that active, which I get. Like, if you're working at NASA, you got better things to do than tweet, but... Yeah. Oh, God. It's just all so fascinating. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good day. I mean, obviously, awfulness aside, it's an awesome time to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) Fred, I have to tell you, I've been showing my kids in class your magic trick. Which one? One of the card tricks. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, class starts at like 11, but kids don't roll in until one or two minutes after. (laughs) And it's perfect. It's just perfect. You're showing it on YouTube or you're doing the trick? No, the YouTube youtube well you can do that why don't you do the tricks i do plenty of tricks in my classes i just uh no i don't do magic tricks though i show up every day you saw someone in half jesse <laughs> yeah that's your icebreaker for... i just saw my own just my own head have you ever tried to do a car trick or anything oh i was a big magician when i was a kid oh yeah you've talked about that yeah i did uh cups and balls for fred's magic show at the theater demonstrated that where's ian when uh, such a line is said yeah yeah, <laughs> right now. Yep. yeah it, where is that young fellow fred gave me cups and balls and then showed me how to properly use them yeah and i demonstrated cups and balls for the audience when they came in yeah and you sold a few i think right yep oh uh, yeah backroom sales started off doing tricks with cups and balls and then you sold them you sold those tricks yeah well they were for sale and I said, look how easy it is. I learned yeah. how to do this 20 minutes ago. I know I've told this story before, but uh, I met a fella when I was working in retail. And he had a, a, a kiosk, a, a magic kiosk in the mall. His name was David Holiday. That was his was it a magic kiosk or was it a kiosk featuring magic materials? Why not both, Stephen? Why not believe in the illusion? You're right. It was a kiosk that sold magic material. Various illusions and, and tricks and such. These are my thinner days because I never sat down when I worked in retail. So on my lunch, I would just walk around the mall. And I was walking around one day. It was about a month before Christmas. And saw the guy and, you know, he was talking to people. And I've always had time for people who run kiosks because I almost never buy anything. But they have a pitch that they're working, you know. And I watched them get shot down left and right, like not even getting their pitch out. So because I was working in retail, I always, if someone starts their pitch, I always stop and listen to it. So he started his pitch and I told him I work here in the mall and we were just talking and he kind of dropped all of it. And he ended up giving me, he didn't even sell it to me, he gave me a trick. And it was the, um, I won't explain the actual trick other than to say, um, you take the handkerchief, I'm sure Fred knows that you put it in your hand and then, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gone and then you bring it back. And he did it for me. And I was just like, I had no idea. I was just like, I, I have no idea. And he showed me because he was, he ended up, again, giving it to me, not selling it to me. Um, and the only thing I'll say, because I'm not going to give away the trick. You have to you have to buy the trick. But uh, I will say he was a black fella and I'm a white fella. <laughs> and yeah. he had to give yeah. me a different version of that trick. And it was just so cool. And my mind was like completely blown by it. But that said, my daughter and I were watching, what was it, Night at the uh, Museum. Yeah. And 
uh, Ben Stiller does the trick, but he does it yeah. wrong, and it gives away the illusion in the movie. Yeah, it ruins it. Oh, I loved it, though. It made me laugh so much, because I knew the entire time he was setting it up, I was like, oh, I know this trick. And then when they showed the reveal, and I was like, it's fantastic. Fred, how do you feel about that as a magician, somebody burning a trick like that? Well, uh, so somebody, when I'm not there doing exposing a trick. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's good in a way because it, it sometimes gets people interested in magic, you know? Yeah. And the other, the other strange thing about that is that you might learn that trick and then uh, see someone else do it or something close to it and not think it's the same thing. Yeah. If they're doing it well. So for example, I do a trick called the linking rings and uh, you know, a lot of people do a trick called linking, but it's a trick that's widely available in children's magic kits. Yeah. I had the linking rings. Right. So uh, very often after a performance of the linking rings with, that I do with the help of uh, one of the kids, usually uh, in the audience, they will say to me, you know, I have a magic kit and I, I have a little trick that's not what you did, but, uh, you know, and, and the, the tr fact is it's exactly the same trick, Yeah. but uh, mm -hmm. a little kid doesn't, doesn't understand or uh, uh, frankly, anyone who doesn't study it pretty carefully for a, a concentrated period of time doesn't really understand the whole thing yeah so uh yeah it's great you can you can often uh deceive people with tricks they already know i love it when that happens yeah, yeah. when when somebody fools me and then i realize oh my god they did that does that happen to you often fred because like as a filmmaker i pick things apart do you do that as a magician you know i i don't do that as much now as i did when i was younger yeah. When I was younger, I really cared how all the tricks were done. And now I really care about what the experience of watching that. That's trick great. Was. Yeah. How does that make me feel? Yeah. yeah. You know, there's that great show, Penn and Teller Fool Us. Awesome. It's on TV. I love watching that show. Yeah. I love uh, when Penn and Teller are fooled. Like, I love it. Right. For me, though, very often the tricks that fool Penn and Teller are not necessarily the best tricks. Yeah. Well, in order to fool Penn and Teller, you've got to do something pretty out there. Yeah. And very often those tricks are technically very complex, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I'm usually happier with a more direct, uh, clear trick. I don't know that. What, what is that show on? I, I would want to watch that. Uh, I, I don't know what time it is because I never watch it when it's supposed to be on. We, on a network or something? I think it's like the CW, isn't it? On the CW, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and uh, and it's, it's great. It's great because... You see magicians from around the world. Yeah. Many of them are, are professional magicians. Many of them are not. Many of them are just yeah. people who've been working on stuff. Oh, that's fun. Fred, do you, um, how do you feel about, I don't know what to call them other than like feats of strength? Yeah. Like, like the idea of like David Blaine being in a cube for two weeks. You know, what's your thought on something like I'm that? I'm less interested in that than I yeah. am in uh, a magic trick. That said, I saw David Blaine's live show. Yeah, you know, a, a little bit before the uh, this lockdown started. Right, he was sensational. I did not expect him to be a a good live performer. Yeah, uh, or at least not a good live stage performer, because he came out of nowhere doing uh, close up tricks and walking down the street. And frankly, his initial they were not even original tricks. They were not uh, uh, special, but he was special. Oh, that's good. I, I'm not crazy about the uh, uh, endurance stunts. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, that he does. 
But uh, uh, this stage show was great, and he did one of his endurance stunts. He found a way to uh, that in? hold his breath for like 12 minutes or, or however long it was. Wow. Yeah, because you can't, I mean, you're, you're within the confines of a live show, so it can't be yes. over 20 hours. Right, right. <laughs> but isn't that stuff also a bit Houdini-esque? Didn't Houdini do some of that stuff? I mean, just the, the punches in the gut and the and the cannonball stuff. and Punches in the gut didn't work out too well. Well, that's true. Well, actually, that's a little bit of a legend more than... Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't die of a punch in the gut. He died of peritonitis. Uh, and the, the punch in the gut might have been unpleasant, but it wasn't the cause of his death. It's likely that the cause of his death was not going to the freaking doctor. Yeah. And that's that's from being an egomaniac. So that might have been the cause of his death, being an egomaniac. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I appreciate that stuff, but David Blaine's show was amazing. He yeah. had wonderful magic in it. He horked up a frog and he did his... Uh, so that's, that's kind of, uh, you know, surprising. I got to tell you, I am loving the fact that you said horked up because I've not yeah. heard that in a long time. Worked. I love it. Oh, I thought you said worked up, worked up a frog. No, worked up. up. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be a, a, another kind of interesting. Is uh, that is that in the same vein as hocking up a loogie? Uh, yes, exactly. But the hork comes from a deeper place. Uh, well, well, it's a right? frog. If, imagine that your loogie is alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It, it requires an extra syllable, maybe an extra R. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Steve with the Punch-Up Podcast. With me on this episode are Ian O'Shea. Hey, Steve. Jesse Preisendorfer. Hey, Steve. Kevin Reagan. Hey, Steve. And our storyteller is Fred Siegel. Fred. Oh, hello. Good to see you. A tremendous pleasure, as always. Why does one become a magician? You know, I guess uh, there are a few reasons. I was a powerless boy, you know. When I was young, it was a boy thing exclusively. You're talking uh, magic? And I'm, I, yeah, I'm very thrilled that these days there are more and more women getting into it. It would have been a very different world for me growing up. You know, I would have chased girl magicians because <laughs> it, it, the thing that I loved the most was uh, magic tricks. And uh, maybe I'd get some girl to like me. Mm -hmm. uh, was, and those two things were very closely related. So there's that, and it also depends on what what are your particular gifts. I was not a an athlete by any uh, stretch of the imagination. I was not particularly smart. In my family, my brother was the one who was smart. Daniel was the smart one, and I was the beautiful one. <laughs> All right. Now, do you recall the first time you uh, tried to use magic to? <laughs> Take away Daniel's uh, intelligence? <laughs> no, and I didn't. I didn't try to do that. He had his way of being sensational, and I needed to find my way of being sensational. And and to find my way of sensational, I had to find magic catalogs. First, you would send away to Boys Life magazine in the back at ads for oh, yeah. the Top Hat Magic Company in uh, in Evanston, Illinois, and for X-ray vision glasses. Oh well, yeah. Who, who who wouldn't want that? I'm still waiting on my fake arm cast. Huh? <laughs> well, you could probably make one of those, Ian. I paid $2.15. You're owed it. 
Oh no. Okay. So you you probably shouldn't keep waiting. Yeah. But you get the magic catalog and it has all these tricks in it and illustrations with the tricks of, you know, these suave guys in, in, uh, you know, white tie and tails and a top hat and this pencil thin mustache. And there's usually a beautiful woman holding the props, you know, Fred, this catalog is explaining how the tricks are done no, no. or it's selling the catalog you. It's selling you. And my first order from the Top Hat Magic Company in uh, Evanston, Illinois, was the uh, a set of linking rings, okay. a five-inch kid set of linking rings, a card trick called Fooled and Fooled Again, where people would think, you would tell them a card disappeared, and they would say, it's under the handkerchief. And then you would pull the handkerchief away, and the card said, Fooled. And then people would say, turn over the card. It's on the other side. And then you turn it over and it would say fooled again. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Just That's just the kind of trick that, you know, a 10-year-old magician who is oh, yeah. powerless really needs, you know, uh, uh, boy, you can make, maybe you can fool your brother with that. Maybe you can fool your parents with that. They're adults. Think of the power. Maybe you can fool your parents into thinking you're the smart brother. Oh, no, that that would never. Daniel was always uh, the smart one, but I, I was the beautiful one. <laughs> in any event, I, I got to a certain point, I guess, um, in my early teens. And uh, I decide it's time because there's something it says in one of the magic catalog. Not an advertisement, but, a, you know, just to take up space. It says every professional was once an amateur. At one end, there's a picture of this boy with a horizontally striped shirt, and he's just innocent and wide-eyed and just filled with uh, love for magic. And the other end is the professional, who's this suave guy with the pencil-thin mustache and the and the top hat. Who the hell wants to be that boy when you can be that guy with the pencil-thin mustache, making the people who see your tricks, making their eyes pop out, yeah. making sparks come out of their, you know, the sparks of magic. Fred, did they sell top hats in the back page of Boy's Life as well? Because you're going to need one if you're going to get to that point. They do sell top Not in Boy's Life. You you have to get a catalog from Boy's yeah. Life. Okay. By, th by this time, I'm getting catalogs from Tannins, which is the big magic shop in New York, or the Abbott's magic catalog from Colon, Michigan. C-O-L-O-N, not Cologne. Oh. Wow. Yeah. But uh, those are the big ones. So there you go. You want to be a professional uh, yeah. if you can. So I decide, you know, it's time. I'm 12 or so, or maybe I'm 13. You've been tinkering with magic for about four years at this point, you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I would have said four years, but how old could I have been? I guess if your first magic kit, you have the little ball in vase and the ball disappears. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people have that and they're not really magicians. But I was, I'm starting and I want to do it. So how do I do it? My brother uh, explains to me that I need uh, a name. I need a magic name. And he tells me that it should be the Magnificent Frederick. So uh, uh, I am the Magnificent Frederick. By the way, my name is not Frederick. Oh. If my name were Frederick, you would be calling me Rick now, and you would have no idea that there was ever any Fred. So what's your name? Fred. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was torturous. It's a terrible name for an obese child because there is a cartoon character named Fred. Yeah. Uh, Yabba Dabba Doo Fred. And um, so uh, you would walk in and say, hi, I'm Fred. Yabba dabba doo, the kids would say. Uh, so, so uh, you know, they jeered, they jeered. It was Fred Rogers. I guess he wasn't quite a thing yet. He was Mr. Rogers. He yeah, wasn't. that's a good point. See, he preferred Mr. Yeah. If someone said Mr. to him, he was fine with it. He wouldn't say, he wouldn't say Dr. Rogers. No. Yeah. 
That's a joke that no one will get because I was not recording when we talked about that's okay. that. That's okay. That's okay. That's good. So anyway, I needed a, a, a the magician, the, the magnificent Frederick name. Yeah. And I needed a business card. And I have to tell you that all my friends who are magicians had business cards, which is not to say that they ever had business. <laughs> yeah. I can't recall ever getting a business card from a magician. At 13. Yeah. Well, it was a point of pride. Yeah, card. and in a way, we would exchange them amongst ourselves. Of course, you did. That's how you got rid of them. <laughs> like American Psycho, it was a, is a real bone of contention for our uh, hero uh, Christian Bale when when somebody handed him a card that was nicer than his. It was bone white with raised lettering, and it was a whole thing. I mean, obviously, he was a psycho. Right, right. But not American. Canadian. No. No. So uh, I have the business card, and I need an agent, you know. Sure. So uh, Joey is a, a friend of mine in school, and, and he's – Joey is uh, a little bit – he's a little bit further west in Philadelphia than I am. The further west you get in northeast Philadelphia, the wealthier your parents are. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So his bar mitzvah was at Pavio's. You have to understand this is a uh, – this is a swank yeah. spot Sweet. Uh, in, in, in Northeast Philadelphia. Is he older than you, Fred? Well, he's my age. He's my okay. age. Well, probably within a few months. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, I, who had the bar mitzvah, mitzvah first? I'd been to his bar mitzvah. Uh, okay. Are we talking chocolate fountain, open bar? No chocolate comedy fountain sports? that I remember, but but he had, he had two bands. <laughs> oh, okay. He had what? two bands. And, and at my bar mitzvah, which was not held at Pavio's, yeah. my bar mitzvah was in the basement of the synagogue. Uh, but I had Al Gold in his Cordovox. Nice. Is that one of those squeeze boxes? It's a it's a an electric accordion essentially. Okay. Yeah. And and of course you know he he could play anything an elderly Jewish man. It makes sense uh, to have that at, at your kid's bar mitzvah. Joey you know tortured me about that for at least ten years. He was always making uh, Al Gold in his Cordovox jokes. But but still, uh, Joey uh, was uh, uh, entrepreneurial. Would you say he had the gift of gab? He had the gift of gab, and he had unflinching audacity. Awesome. There's your agent. I remember going to the local magic shop with him once, and he's wearing a suit. You know, very strange to be wearing a suit at the the local magic shop. But he's he's my uh, he's my agent, and he gets me gigs doing you know doing tricks at the various lunch tables. Oh, okay. You know. And I'm always leaving my my business cards at the various lunch tables. Uh, and, and one kid actually uh, alters one of my business cards, which says the the magnificent Frederick magic for all occasions. He he crossed out some things and put some things in it. I was the magnificent Dick. Magnificent mm -hmm. Dick sort of became my my uh, my name at the time. Yep, thirteen year old boy. Terrible nickname. <laughs> Yeah, but what are you going to do? You know, I, I didn't expect to not be tortured when I was in middle school. Joey did not represent him. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. dropped him immediately. Fred, did um did these lunch tables uh, pay well, or was this strictly? No, no. This was uh, I did it for the exposure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an artist. I'm an artist, and I remain an artist. Uh, so, yeah. so indeed. Uh, anyway, so I, I'm the lunchroom magician, and I have an agent, and I have a business card. But I think it's time for me to be on television. <laughs> now, quite a leap. Agree. Yeah. I agree. I don't know if you remember anything like this. I know Ian definitely won't because it's a geographical thing. But who remembers Al Albert's showcase? I knew you were going to yeah. Al Albert. Yeah. Yes. 
Hell how, yeah. Awesome. How, how shall we explain Al Albert's showcase to you? Sunday mornings? I, I think. I, I, I think it was Sunday. I know it was. There's a creepy old dude with an orchestra. And he'd have little girls in patent leather shoes and dresses come out and sing. And dance. Boys And boys come out and tap dance. And occasionally, Fred, take it away. Well, okay, well, occasionally you'd have a, a variety act of some kind. And it was uh, local. And, and was he? Was it filmed in Philly? It was a Philly yeah. thing. It was a very, a very South Philly thing. Yeah. In the summer, they would do it in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be yeah. able to do it on the boardwalk. Right. 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 I mean, the guy Al Alberts had a, you know, he had a real career. I mean, he was he was one of the four aces, and uh, mm. uh, he he sang. Uh, he was a decent singer, I guess. So this was this was about as as high as I could imagine myself going, and I and I I called and I I got an appointment to do the. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait, you called Joey? Couldn't pick up a phone? I don't think Joey did that for me. I don't remember <laughs> Joey being involved. I hope that was the last gig that you worked with Joey in any capacity. As far as I know, Joey still works for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he had a real in with the lunch tables. So. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Well, I, I was definitely the premier lunch performer in uh, in the in the school. Joey's like, hey kid, this TV thing's not going to take off. The money's <laughs> in the lunch tables. <laughs> I'll keep the tables warm, kid. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We're going to have to get Joey to listen to this when it's up. A lot happens before the performance. I mean, I have to get ready. You know, what trick am I going to do? By the way, by now. I have been accumulating all kinds of weird tubes and boxes and and things that have Chinese characters on it that probably aren't really Chinese characters. Yeah, things that look like Chinese characters. Not to make you go backwards, but I kind of want to revisit. How do you connect with Al Alberts? Like, do you have to send them? I guess not a tape, but do you tell them? In these days, you know, you just arrange an audition. They had arranged. Oh, you did audition. Okay. They, they have auditions periodically. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Catering Hall in South Philly. And I, I get the, the date for the audition and I'm... Uh, funeral parlor? Back of a funeral parlor in South Philly? There's a lot of them. No, Catering Hall, Catering Hall. So what tricks am I going to do? So I think, what are the most impressive looking weird boxes that I have? Yeah. These days, you know, we're, we're all about cards and little ordinary things and not nothing very... It's not fashionable now to use equipment that looks like something that is only could have been bought in a magic shop. Right. But when I was 12 or 13 or 14 or however I, I was at this point, you just wanted as much, as many ridiculous looking boxes as possible. And the trick that had the, the most bang for the buck was stratospheres. Stratospheres was the trick I was going to perform at Al Albert Showcase. For the audition, not the show. For the audition. By the way, you have to get past Stella. Not only Al, you have to get past Stella. Yeah. Stella is his wife and the producer. Mm. Oh. Al and Stella. So I'm working on my stratospheres. Now, now stratospheres is a, a trick with three balls, uh, different colored balls. And uh, you, you put them in a clear tube. And even though they can't move in the tube, they change places. The colors... Yeah change places right. and then you put one of the balls in a little box and the ball disappears from the box and it reappears in the tube okay and this i love this thing because it's all this equipment my god it costs right. 1750 oh. investment yeah which might have been the most expensive thing i owned wow you probably could get two tickets to the boss for that back then huh probably yeah yeah i wouldn't have been interested though 
unless he did magic tricks. Well, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, every time he steps on the microphone, baby. It sure does. Uh, in any event, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm trying to figure out how to do this. You know, I'm showing stratospheres over and over to members of my family. My father is in favor of a very direct approach. He mm -hmm. said, I will now make the ball disappear. It's gone. You know. <laughs> is your father Jewish by any chance? It's not only Judaism, it's being from the Lower East Side of New York. I was going to ask, is your dad Jackie Mason? No, uh, uh, my dad was uh, my, my wonderful dad, but he, he talked the way everybody in his neighborhood talked. Right. What did he do, Fred? What was, what was your father's job? My father was a social worker, although by the time he got older, he was a, an administrator of social work kind okay. of things. Okay. Not a performer. No. No, no. Like, like, like many parents of, of kids with, you know, uh, let's say the violin or the saxophone or magic, they had to appease, you know, you, they, you needed an audience, but it also sounds like they were also quite supportive. And, and uh, clearly you excelled, you worked hard at it. So every week you would have something new for them. You didn't make them, you know, my kids, my, my son wants me to watch him dunk a basketball on a hoop that you hang on the door and judge them. Right, right. I can right. do maybe three dunks and I'm out. But uh, right, right, right. Well, uh, I hope you. I hope you tell him he's wonderful because that's very important. Of course, <laughs> right. of course. I needed to hear that a lot. He he gets a ten, a nine, and a ten. Right. But <laughs> my, my 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 point is, uh, they were very supportive of you and encouraging. Yeah, I, I think they were. They were. I, I mean, as long I don't know how supportive they would have been if I said, "Hey, I'm quitting school to become a magician." Yeah. Right. They they were mostly supportive, and my father won a declamation contest. He would do the highwayman poem at any time. You would wow, have. so that's so, cool. Uh, so he had his thing too. My brother had a different suggestion. Okay, how to do the stratospheres? He thought I should use my Dracula voice. <laughs> he thought I should. This ball is red. We will make the red ball go over here. Was your Dracula voice that good back then? You know what? Probably it was probably more cl closer to actual Bela Lugosi because, in addition to being oh, yeah. a uh, a magic kid, I was also a monster kid. Yeah, and yeah. I, I loved yeah. watching the Universal monster movies. Yeah. I didn't want to do Danny's idea. I thought that was stupid because I wanted to be like the guys in the catalog with the the right. white tie and tails and the pencil thin yeah. mustache. I would have felt too much pressure too. Like, wait, I got to do this. Plus oh yeah. The accent. No. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, I, I did it instead to musical accompaniment with no patter, uh, which Whoa. is a bad choice. Musical oh. accompaniment, uh, Walk, Don't Run by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. <laughs> no relation to Al Alberts. No, I, I hadn't even thought of that. If that was an you know, I should have done it to one of his songs. Yeah. So like a silent, like you're not talking? I'm not talking. Can you imagine what a stupid move that is? Now, knowing me as you know me, you know that I should probably be talking. Oh yeah. But uh, uh, at the time, at the time, uh, uh, I wanted to be that suave guy. Yeah. Sure. I didn't go do with my dad said. I didn't do what Danny said. But I it wasn't nerves. You decided to go this way because I mean that would be a, also a more of an introverted kid's way of performing. Something tells me you always had that performance. Once you stepped on stage, you lit up, right? Well, th that's very lovely of you to say, Ian. Uh, I hope that's true, and I, I think that's true. Yeah, but you weren't nervous even at that age. You just decided to go that route. 
Oh yeah. Well, I, I wanted to be sophisticated. Right. I didn't want to be funny. I wanted people to think I was a man of mystery. So the night of the audition, Joey and I, my dad, my dad drives us at this point. Now is Joey wearing a suit? Like how seriously? Is undoubtedly. He undoubtedly. He might get other clients. Got his business cards. Just Did Joey cares. have business cards? This would be the era in which people wore uh, double-knit plaid suits. <laughs> oh, wow. I do recall that one weekend that people <laughs> did that. <laughs> it was over like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right in the middle of it. Was... Yeah. <laughs> what would you wear on stage? You know, I eventually got a, uh, a tuxedo. Cape? Did you get a cape? No, nah, no, nah, not the cape. I didn't go with the very uh, traditional approach. I did have this uh, red, white, and blue checked jacket that I would wear. Uh, and I had these um, maroon pants, blue shirt. The lapels were like rib roasts. They were enormous. Yeah. I bet. Right. <laughs> did you ever grow any facial hair, like a mustache? I would try to do that, but I, I failed. And actually, I, I'd never been all that successful. Even now. Any enhancement on the mustache then with maybe a grease pen? You know, the, the embarrassing truth of it is that my mustache would grow a little bit in the middle, but not so much on the sides. Oh, yeah. You don't want that's yeah, that, that would have not gone over yeah. well. To be, just because Charlie Chaplin was not a great magician. so Nor was Hitler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> How can you forget him? Uh, anyway, we all get in the car. My father drives us to this catering facility in uh, South Philly. <laughs> Big show. And uh, I go in there and I see there's a, an issue. Uh -oh. The issue is that the auditioners are sitting in rows on one end of the hall. There's a performance area and Al and Stella and another person are in a table next to the performing area. Mm. So here's the thing. I'm going to tell you something about stratospheres. When the ball disappears, so you have this box with two doors yeah. and you pull on the doors and it opens and you can see through it and you close the doors. You put the ball into the box and uh, you open the doors and the, the ball disappears. The problem is that this is not what magicians now call angle proof. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You might imagine that there's a ball sitting on the back of a door uh, at some point. If I were to do stratospheres now, I would find another way to make the ball disappear. But I didn't have the resources at the time to, to think in those terms. So who are you going to play to? That's the damn question. There you go. You, you put your finger on it. Now, if I play to the audience, Al and Stella are going to see where the ball is. Yeah. But you'll get a bigger response. But I might get a bigger response. You might, Although they're right. really all interested in their performance. They're not really right. looking at my performance. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. If I do it to Al and Stella, this vast, oh, vast, it seemed vast to me. Oh, the auditioners. There were auditioners. There might have been, uh, you know, 80 people, 100 people. Yeah. So what was I going to do? So that was the one, the first question. Do I play to Al and Stella yeah. and let the audience see where the ball is? Right. Or do I play to the audience... And let Alan Stella see where the ball is. Oh. What do you, you see my problem, Ian? Yeah. This yeah. is why you bring a stink bomb to the show is that you can let one off in one corner and everybody migrates. <laughs> or this is where you need an assistant, Fred. You have that beautiful assistant 
she can stand in the way. Maybe you should have an agent there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. Maybe your agent could just ask. Tape all your business cards on the side. <laughs> Do we know who the judge is? Who are the judges? Well, I guess it's Alan Stella. There's your audience. There's your audience. Yeah. Well, yeah. My choice was that I I went with showing the audience and. I assumed Alan Stella would understand that it's a man. They're hip. Story. They're with it. They're in they're the biz. With, they're with they're it. In the biz. Right. There was a little issue, though. Another yeah. little issue that went beyond uh, the uh, magic tricks. The other issue is... The Tijuana Brass Band didn't show up? They showed up, but they were on the little uh, tape deck. Little early cassette deck yeah. that I used to practice my Haftorah not too long before. Yeah, uh, and I had Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass on a tape, and I had never tried to play it in a large room. Oh no! Yeah, of course, not loud enough. So I I turned it on and I, it, I could barely hear it, and and no one in the audience here. There was a very nice technician person yeah. who leapt up and patched in my tape player. Nice. They were able to get the sound going, but I was well into the routine. And the truth of the matter is, my friends. Stratospheres is not a very good trick. <laughs> uh, it was not a well-spent $17, friend. Well, yeah. it was well-spent because it looked good on my drawer, on my uh, shelves. Yep. Fred, with all due respect, there's a there's a carpenter saying that you you never blame the tools. That's true. That's true. Well, I, I, I thought about this. First of all, the, the, the big finale is that I did not get the gig. Ah. Oh. I was not on Al Albert Showcase. I was even going to ask you if there's video, but clearly yeah. there is no video. <laughs> so, listeners, don't go look for the video. Don't go look for the video. Although I do have a fantasy about doing all of those tricks in a show, the tricks I wanted to do when I was 12. Yeah. That's a great title of a show. Yeah. 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 Ian can be Al Albert. The thing that haunts me, the thing that haunts me about this is that I think my brother was right. And if yeah. I had done it like Dracula, like Bela Lugosi as Dracula. They would have to hire you. Good evening. I have three balls. <laughs> I'm the magnificent dick. What? <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't happen that way. I, it was just another humiliation. Thank you. Well, but how many business cards did you hand out? Was that your first audition? Actually, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I, I tried to do to get on Bozo. I was even younger. I think I was 11 when wow. I tried to get on Bozo. Was that a, that wasn't a local show? What? There were Bozos in different locations. There was a Philadelphia oh. Bozo. There was a Boston Bozo. The big Bozo was in Chicago. Just yeah. like Saddam Hussein had a lot of like doubles. Yeah, sure. A Bozo is very much like Saddam Hussein. That's Equally scary. In any event, I, I didn't I didn't get in for the uh, well. By the time I got to Bozo, and I, the guy did talk to me, not the clown himself, yeah, but the clown's producer. It's Stella again. <laughs> she produces Stella everything. Stella Albert. She's just always there. She ran television. Like she had Chief Halftown. She had Noah. She had performed for Chief Halftown, baby. Yeah, not on the television, but it, at at uh, there was a mall. Oh, the Oxford Valley Mall. Yep. Chief Halftown and his friends, and I, I was one of his friends. Oh, that's we great. Performed in no, the that's mall fun. with Chief yep. Halftown. But I wasn't on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything we can plug for you? 
your website, the just, YouTube. Uh, and just, you know, Fred does a trick is my, uh, uh, every week uh, I've, I'm at, at like 40. Yeah. 40 weeks. Nice. And I'm going to try to keep it up. <laughs> it's great. Some weeks, even, what the hell am I going to do? Fortunately, you're never going to run out of card tricks. Yeah. There are enough card tricks. Are you only going to do card tricks? Will you do something else? Well, I do lots of things that aren't card tricks. Yeah, I want you to do stratospheres so badly now. <laughs> if I had stratospheres, I would do it. Uh, <laughs> last week, I did I, I did a couple of apparatus tricks. Yeah. I did the bottle and glass that change places. Yeah. And I did my <laughs> Frady Cat Rabbit, which is a... Yeah. Now, this is interesting. I did that last week. You said uh, that's the trick that's too old, and should you retire it? Well, you know, the funny thing about that is I asked that question for reasons that nobody in any of the threads really perceived why I was asking that. So th that trick is, you know, you have this little bunny rabbit. He's a, a black colored bunny rabbit. And he goes into this little flat house that has doors. And you explain that he's a Frady cat rabbit. Mm -hmm. He gets scared of every little noise. And, and uh, uh, I'm going to say one, two, three, and you say, boo. When you say boo, he'll be so scared. He turns white. Are you ready? One, two, three, boo. boo! Well, when they say boo, I turn the thing around and open it, and there he is. He's white. Mm. I make him change back. The kids can see that I'm turning it around. The kids are screaming, you turned it around, you turned it around. And at, at the end of the trick, they I let them scream. Uh, and then you, you want to see the backside? And they say yes. And then I turn it around, and it's the black rabbit's ass. <laughs> <laughs> They love butts. They love butts. This is what magicians, oh boy, magicians are terrible, really. Uh, you'll understand what I mean. That is what magicians call a sucker effect. Mm -hmm. And it's it's uh, putting the audience into a position where they think you're doing this one thing, they oh, attract, yeah. and you show them that they're wrong. It's yeah. the same as fooled and fooled again. Fooled again. Fooled again. And the reason, I, I mean, I really have to refurbish that prop. Because uh, uh, that was once a beautiful prop, and now it's a, a chipped monstrosity. But I don't know if this Fred uh, wants to go in front of a bunch of children and uh, do a trick. Hey, I'm smarter than you. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of ich. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was ichy when I was, you know, in my 20s. Uh, at this point, at this point, I'm doing that for children, you know? Yeah. I've learned that it's better to get the children to think they're smarter than me. <laughs>